Welcome to Step Monsters, a podcast all about the highs and lows of step parenthood. I'm Elise and this is Bailey. We're two friends bonded by this crazy stepmom world. Welcome back. This is episode six. And before we get started, a few of you have asked how you can support us. So if you like what you hear, you can, of course, support us by subscribing. You can also send us a voice message with comments or feedbacks on any episode through Anchor. And you can give a monthly donation through Anchor, no matter how small. And lastly, you can follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at stepmomsterpodcast. And we love engaging with and hearing from our fellow stepmoms. So we asked some of you guys what you wanted to hear and what was most important and on your minds and things that you'd like to chat about. And the biggest thing that we got back was boundary setting with the kids, with the bio mom, with the bio parent. So that's what we're going to cover today. And if you have any other topics or stories or questions that you would like to send to us, you can shoot us an email at stepmonsterpodcast at gmail.com. And honestly, if you guys are just having a bad day and want to fire off an email that you need to vent, that's okay too. We do that all the time. It's a thing. All right. So let's kick off the topic of boundary setting. We're going to cover off on three different segments here. The first one is going to be the kids. The second one is going to be boundary setting with your partner. And the third one is boundary setting with the bio mom. And we split these up because they really do have unique nuances to each of them. And we want to make sure that we give you all enough depth and detail for each. So starting off with the kids, one of the questions that Elise and I had asked each other were, what are some of the boundaries that you set in your house? And I'll kick this off with a rule that we have in our house that we've had to set as the kids get older, particularly as they became teenagers. For whatever reason, my stepdaughter has an aversion to pants and she's going to die when she hears that I'm telling everybody this, but thankfully nobody knows her real name. But she, you know, like anybody was into the whole big oversized t-shirt and just underwear on the bottom. And sorry, but the older you get, the less of your teenage body and butt I want to see and that is appropriate in our household and actually found out that I think some of that comes from them spending time at their moms. I think at their mom's house, they're a little bit more liberal with the clothing that they do or do not wear. And there's just more comfort there because I think there's a biological thing with it. But for me, because I'm a stepmom and they're not my biological kids, I did not birth them. They didn't come out of me. They didn't watch me shower when they were little. I have a little bit tighter boundaries. And so we had to instill a always wear pants and a no nipples rule. Uh, The no nipples rule was not for my stepdaughter, but more for my stepson. He's 16 right now. And my stepdaughter had an aversion to pants. So naturally he has to have an aversion to shirts. And there's just something about someone that's not related to me or my husband and not having clothing on. So we are always like always wear pants and always wear a shirt. And my husband and I every once in a while will joke, well, if you're not going to have a shirt on, then I guess we'll take ours off too. And for the most part, that pretty much uh, solves the problem. (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah. He's like, I'm running to my room immediately to put a shirt on. You know, I didn't ever think, but the interesting side to that is if the bio mom was remarried, it would probably be the same way at her house because there would be a stepdad. So I think about our girls and what it was like with their mom before she moved in with her boyfriend and then, you know, subsequently got married, how 
things shifted as far as that dynamic and things you never think about until you hear that story, which, yeah, I hear you on that. So what I dealt with, and and I'm not sure if you dealt with the same thing, having a stepdaughter early on when the girls were the same size as me, they're much taller than I am now. My husband, every female in his family is six feet tall. So the girls are both much taller than me. I'm five, three, and I think both of them are five, seven, five, eight now, but they would go into my closet and steal my clothes and wouldn't ask. Our room was like open to anyone and everyone, apparently. So we didn't have any boundaries initially with that, but it got to the point where they would destroy my closet. I mean, folded stuff would just be, and that's like, I'm so OCD about it. So I didn't mind that they borrowed my stuff. It was just you need to ask. I don't know that we ever really fully committed to that or that they obliged and fulfilled their duties as far as that rule went. But now that they are unable to fit in my clothes because they're so much taller, it'd be like flood pants and, you know, short arms. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So I guess it solved itself. (laughs) Yeah, we never really had a lengthy time where the stealing of clothes was a thing, mostly because my stepdaughter is the same way. She's, I think, 5'7", and I'm also 5'3". So the the size difference is pretty significant. She's also very, very tiny. I think she's 5'7", in a size 0 or 2, and I'm 5'3", in a size solid 6 or 8. So there's definite size difference there. And we very rarely cross over in style and in the types of things that she would want to snag. But there's there was a couple things where, you know, maybe I caught her wearing one of my shirts and was kind of like, uh, hmm, I don't think we ever talked about you borrowing that. But she's been really good about not overstepping there. And I am the same way as you. I would have lost my shit if somebody went into my closet, my personal safe space and destroyed everything. Not cool. Well, and the worst was when I'd be like, where is this t-shirt? Even my shoes. And oh, sorry, I brought it to moms. And I'm like, well, now I can't even track it down. So that got kind of like, my stuff isn't even here at the house. It's at your mom's house, which I was, you know, nice about. But did you deal with her getting into your makeup or any of your other stuff? Yeah. She still does that. I still, she actually has eyelash extensions now and she lives in the dorms, but every once in a while she comes back and I always know when she's been in my bathroom because there will be a rogue eyelash extension in my sink somewhere. I'm like, oh, what were you doing in my bathroom? And for the most part, she's either, you know, messing around with some of my makeup or she's using some of my skincare, which I don't really mind now. She, I think at this point, owns way more makeup than I do. So my stuff is like the old boring stuff compared to what she has available, but we we share that type of stuff. And I don't really mind it as long as if you're going to use something of mine, and it's almost gone, you tell me so that I can replace it. So then when I go to use it, I don't realize that it's already gone. That's also not cool. That and if you use something of mine, which totally fine, don't make it into like a total mess. And also, if you take it into your space, can you just bring it back to my space? I don't have to walk all the way upstairs. Don't hunt it down. You don't make me hunt it down. Put everything back where you found it. Leave everything nice and everything's cool. If you don't do that, you lose privileges. Yeah, well, I don't know how you enforce that or how you get her to agree to that, but it's always, oh, sorry, I forgot. And then what do you say? I mean, I'm a little bit of a grumpy stepmom in that regard. And I would say, well, I guess I forgot to make you dinner tonight. Or I guess I forgot that you, I'm out of laundry soap and you're not going to be able to do your laundry. Shoot. (laughs) There's been a lot of scenarios like that. 
one of the most recent is light turning off in our house seems to be a plague that everybody is avoiding. And I finally, after turning off between my stepson and my stepdaughter's lights, I think it was eight times in one morning, I wrote up a little post-it note and I put it in between their bedrooms on the wall and it was a tally. And five tallies was going to be someone was going to need to do the dishes. And when I got to 10 tallies, someone was going to go need to pick up the dog poop. And the dog poop seemed to be the thing that motivated everybody to all of a sudden turn their lights off. So I think I found the boundary and I haven't had to make one of those post-it notes since. So the message was loud and clear, just turn your light off. That's genius. I'm totally going to use that one. Parenting advice by Bailey. Post-it notes, threats of dog poop picking up. That's new podcast we're going to start is just Bailey's parenting advice. I think that there's probably more where that came from. (laughs) Probably. So let's get into this next topic if you're okay with it, because I'm very curious to know why you made this a subsection in our podcast, because I also have a very interesting story. And I assume our listeners probably have dealt with some interesting things that coincide with door knocking rules. Yes, this actually came from a comment in our Facebook group. The Facebook group is called Step Parenting is Tough. And one of our followers had said when it comes to boundary setting, she was really struggling with door knocking. And they most recently had an incident where her stepson almost walked in on her completely butt naked. And I think if you're a parent in general, that's probably something that you've either run into already or is probably on the horizon if you don't set those boundaries hard and fast early on. But we for a little bit actually did have a everyone just barges in whether the door is is closed or not scenario and we became more diligent about locking our doors but the overarching rule on our house is if the door is closed you knock before you enter otherwise you could be getting an eyeful of something that you're not quite prepared for surprise yeah i think that even being a stepmom with stepdaughters i still don't want them to see me when i'm in the bathroom it's just my mother and I had a very different relationship and I would walk into her bathroom. I really didn't care. I probably still would see her naked and whatever. I wouldn't want her to see me naked though, just because I think it's different when you're the child, but don't want my stepdaughter seeing me naked. So we have always had a knock on the door before you come in, but we had an interesting scenario happen where, so our room is on the main floor of our house. So we're on the main floor. All the kids are upstairs. It's probably 11, 1130 at night and our door is closed. And uh, my husband and I are having some alone time. Well, instead of knocking, they put an ear to the door, which why you would want to do that. I have no idea. And we didn't know until we hear screaming from our oldest daughter (laughs) yelling for her younger sister at the bottom of the stairs to wake up that someone's broken into the house. Oh my gosh. The next thing we hear is anytime you open a door in our house, there's a chime that goes off. So the next thing we hear is the chime from the door. The next thing I hear is my ring. We have cameras all over the house. So our ring doorbell gives a chime on our phone that there's motion at the door. So of course, my husband flies up out of bed, throws his robe on, goes running out. And he's like, what is happening? And our eldest is yelling, somebody's in the house. I thought you guys were dead. I heard heavy breathing. (gasps) It was mortifying, mortifying. I'm like, no. she, has, she had no idea what was actually going on, but she concocted the story in her mind that we had been murdered and we were having, we were struggling to breathe because we had been shot. <laughs> oh so, no. 
So for weeks, she's like, I'm nervous now that someone's going to break in. I feel like someone's lying to me. There's something else that was going on. I don't know what was happening. I, you know, she was very confused and couldn't put two and two together. So finally one day in the car and, you know, she had told her mom, I mean, it was this whole thing. We had the ring video of her running outside that we laughed about, but it was like, what the hell? This went on for so long that she kept asking about it that finally one day we were in the car, just her and I, and I said, do you want me to tell you the truth? Do you really want to know? So your mind can be at ease. And I said, you're going to be mortified when I tell you, and I'm not going to give you details, but if you want to know, and if you think it's going to make you, you know, put the kibosh on talking about it and your worry. And she was adamant. She wanted to know. So I said, your dad and I were having some alone time and she put her hand up and she's like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> like she truly had, had not even thought about it. So how do you top that? I mean, we've, I'm sure my stepkids have heard more than they bargained for at some point, but never would you ever think that you would have to just openly say, Hey, yeah, you heard us having sex and then go explain that to somebody in the legal system that nope, no, sir, officer, we'd, we weren't broken into, we were just having a good time in our bedroom. Another thing that one of our followers on Instagram actually brought up was how do you handle boundary setting and discipline with the kids? So we've talked about this a couple times before because I know on your end, you have some legal things set in place that prevent you from disciplining beyond a certain point. And for me, I've always just learned that they have a choice to love me and they have a choice to like me, but they they have to love their dad and he's already in that natural authoritative role. So for me, I've always kind of taken a little bit of a backseat to that, but I have worked really hard to earn the respect of my stepkids, both of them. So if I were to ever ask for anything or say anything or instill some kind of discipline with them, I know my husband would back me up, but it it took us a really long time to get there. It's it's not an easy topic. Well, let me ask you this just because I'm curious. What types of things do you feel like you did through the long term that helped establish some of the respect? And I'm sure there were probably things that you did even that you maybe didn't even think of, but things that you thought about and made a conscious effort to try to do to earn that respect. What What advice could you give? Well, for me, my perspective was a little bit different because I have two step parents. And when I was a teenager in particular, my stepdad was trying his best. And I'm sure everybody here will meet him and hear from him at some point or another. But he was trying his best and he really was pretty harsh on the discipline with me a lot of times and tried to take that fatherly figure. And I rebelled against that with every bone in my body. So with my stepkids, instead of trying to initially come in and immediately be a dictator and this authority figure in their lives, I I took it a little bit slower. And I instead became a confidant for them and became sort of a trusted advisor and a mentor before they started coming to me for advice on things. And then eventually I moved into a role that felt like I was more authoritative in the house. And my husband was a huge part in that because he had said, I, if you're going to discipline my kids, as long as it's reasonable, I will always back you up. We're a team. We're a united front. It's no different than if you were a biological parent or if you weren't. So I think that made a pretty significant difference. But the biggest thing was I didn't come in guns blazing, trying to discipline and trying to set all these rules that were really not mine to set to begin with. I came in as someone learning to parent kids that were preteens at the time. And I didn't really feel 
like it was my place to try to set these hard and fast rules, nor did I think that that was going to win them over. And I knew that from my own experience. I knew that I hated that when my stepdad was like that or when my stepmom was like that. My first reaction was always, well, you're not my dad and you're not my mom. And I am lucky to say that I've never had either of my stepkids throw that back in my face. But I think that's why I wasn't trying to go in and immediately start enforcing rules like a lot of people feel like they need to. You have such an interesting perspective, not only as a stepmom, but as a child that grew up with step parents. So I want to circle back on some questions I have about, you know, what you deem as a child that grew up with step parents, maybe some examples that you could give for what you felt in your mind was too much that maybe others are doing that they just don't realize their stepchildren feel that way. But I also want to say that I think that I took very much the same approach that you did, but there were times when the kids would be disrespectful to other adults or they just blatantly wouldn't listen to what their dad or I would ask of them or what a neighbor, like if they were out playing in the cul-de-sac we used to live in a cul-de-sac and had a bunch of kids that they would all play and the parents would hang out and it would boil my blood if another adult asked them to do something and they just were completely disrespectful. And so I remember there was one time that we had bought a bunch of fireworks for them and they were lighting them off. I think it was like sparklers and like, you know, the pop socket thing, whatever those are called. And there was like the Walmart bag and the trash from the fireworks. And one of the neighbors had asked our eldest to pick up and he was very nice about it could you pick up the trash or um, make sure you pick it up? Well, they had left and walked and went down to their friend's house that lived right down the street. And I called her, she had a cell phone and I said, you, you know, you need to come back and pick up the trash. Well, in the meantime, the neighbor had decided, you know, their kids, whatever, I'll just pick it up. But she was already on her way back. And so once she got back and noticed that he had picked up the trash for her, she yelled at him or she might've yelled at me. I can't remember. That's been a while, but she was not happy that no one told her that it had been picked up and she didn't need to come back. And I went, you need to go straight to your room right now. And I think that was the first and probably only time that I have sent her to her room. But I just, in that moment, and I'm sure she was like this B, I didn't even know. And as a step parent, what do you do? Yeah. I can't let them behave like that. But what are some things that you feel like your step parents did that you were just like, yeah, no. I think it was trying to change rules that had already been set prior to their arrival. For starters, I had a curfew before that was one thing, and then all of a sudden it was another thing, and I knew it was my stepdad that affected that. It infuriated me. If I knew my mom would typically be cool with me hanging out with certain friends, and all of a sudden he was not cool with it, and I knew that, that was infuriating. And I so I think it was that misalignment between the two of them that made me more angry than it probably should have, but 16-year-old female hormones, all that kind of stuff, I, anything would set me off. But to your point about just the general respect of authority, I think my stepkids have always, for the most part, and maybe you could attribute this to them being in karate from when they were really young, have had a generally good respect for adults in general. So any adult, I mean, my husband and his ex-wife have 
taught them well that if it's an adult, you respect them. And if they ask you to do something, you do it. And I probably would have done the same thing you did when your stepdaughter came back with that sort of reaction. I would have said, you need to time out. Why don't you go to your room? We can talk about it later. And there's surely been times where I've had to say that mostly to my stepson because he tends to be a little bit more moody than my stepdaughter. But that's not to say that I've been without my snaps. I mean, I've I've snapped and I have lost my ish and it's mostly been because of disrespectful things that were said to me. And we don't tolerate name calling in our house. We don't tolerate blatant disrespect. If I ask you to do something, you can't just say no. If I ask you to do something, you do it. Otherwise, there's consequences. So we've always, instead of trying to fight over it, we've always said, all right, you're going to choose not to do that. Then I'm going to choose to not give you your phone for the rest of the week and just try to really calmly explain this is your action and that caused these consequences. And sometimes that goes great. And sometimes it results in a totally catastrophic blowout. But that's for the most part been what's worked best for us. So it's not to say that I don't discipline the kids. I definitely have. It's just they've learned to respect me and respect my authority and respect that I'm an owner and an authority figure in our household. And they listen to me just like they listen to their dad. But I never forced it there. I earned trust first and earned loyalty in that like mentor role before I ever had to discipline in any way. I think it's sage advice to say that it doesn't make sense that if things are done in a household one way before you're there and rules are set in place by your partner with their children, that it would make sense, maybe some capacity, but for most capacities, I don't think it makes sense to change a curfew or try to start battles about things that are already historically the norm. So yeah, pick your battles, pick them. Right. You don't have totally, to fight all of them. Totally pick your battles. And silver lining is that it will turn out to be a situation where your stepkids will respect you because you're not nitpicking and you're coming in and you can act like the happy-go-lucky. And then, you know, there's going to be those instances where, hey, you need to clean your room. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. But in my situation, if there's any time where, and the girls are pretty good. I mean, really there's not at this point, I mean, we're heading into like the thick of the teen years. So fingers crossed. Um, if there's any type of disciplinary stuff, he usually will handle it. So there's just some different nuances and things like that, that make it a little bit harder for us. But thankfully at this point, there hasn't been anything outside of a few social media instances, but you know, it's one of those things that every teenage girl deals with as they're growing up. Yeah, I feel like that also is probably an opportunity for a whole nother podcast. There's so many challenges that come with social media that neither you or I really ever had to deal with because social media wasn't really a thing when we were their age. The most I had was AOL Instant Messenger. And sure, there was damage that could be done there, but it wasn't, it wasn't as significant as what's available today. Yes, there was definitely damage that could be done there. But I think the worst thing on AIM was... When, you know, your siblings got angry and unplugged your Ethernet cord. <laughs> or when your mom wanted to make a phone call and you had to get off the internet. <laughs> the worst. We honestly should do a podcast about just social media and stepkids. Ooh, you got my Technology, like, yes. Yeah, you got my brain going on that one. So yeah, I think that's great. 
So the next segment that we have here is about boundary setting with your partner. I wanted to take just a minute to address a question and a message we received from a follower on Instagram. So I'll read it to you. She says, I'm struggling with my boyfriend's parenting style. How do I have conversations with him without him getting defensive about his child? I'm learning to disengage because he said the way he parents is always going to be the way he parents. What do I do? This was a really good question. And I think that early on, or even you can be blindsided by stuff and wonder how to address it. But my advice on this as a stepmom that's dealt with this previously, um, or things of this nature would be that if I ever see an issue, I will absolutely address it with my husband and let him decide if, if and how he wants to handle it. If he decides to do nothing, then I do nothing because frankly, if the bio mom and my husband were still married, that would be how the situation plays out. So regardless of what your thoughts may be, it's really their responsibility to raise this child. And it's on them if the child doesn't grow up to their full potential, then that's something that they have to live with. And I think that you can free yourself of the burden of making that your responsibility, because really at the end of the day, we are here to love these children, to make sure that they have some of their basic needs met. And I would recommend offering your assistance if she wants help with her homework or if she, you know, needs help with any sort of school stuff or would like you to assist her. Other than that, I stay in the realm of not your responsibility and take it off of your plate of things that you worry about. How would you feel about that, Bailey? I have mixed feelings about this one because the one side of me wants to say exactly what you just said. There's this theory that goes around in a bunch of stepmom forums. It's called the nacho theory. And that's nacho kids, nacho problem. And I think there's validity to that. But I think a lot of that is self-preservation for us because like you said, ultimately, I did not have the child and it is not my responsibility to ensure that they grow up to be a full functioning adult. Now, being in the situation currently, it is incredibly hard to have that mentality when you're living with the kid and when you're seeing something that you wholeheartedly disagree with as a human, regardless of whether or not you have experience parenting outside of this. And I have had to really reset my mentality to this really isn't my kid. And the best that I can do is be an advisor and give my take. And ultimately, if my husband doesn't want to take it, I have to be at peace with that. And I have to move on because if I let it get to me every time he chooses not to do something the way I would have done it, we wouldn't have a relationship. Not at all. It would be catastrophic for me mentally to try to fight that battle all the time. So you have to pick your battles and learn to let things go and be okay with things not being done your way. Now, on the flip side of that, I would say if your relationship is not rock solid and you feel like you don't have really good communication with your partner and you're in a position where you're a step parent, you really need to take a step back and ask yourself, is this the right long-term situation for me? I mean, we're, we're all ladies here and we have each other's back and we give each other tough, tough advice, even if we don't want to hear it. And if you don't have that rock solid foundation where you can have open dialogue and open communication with your boyfriend or with your husband or with your wife, or whomever, it's going to be nearly impossible for you to be happy in that relationship long term. And even if you have the best approach to giving constructive criticism and advice on parenting, it can still be really, really challenging. And that's not to say that my husband and I have 
not had disagreements here because we most definitely have. But in the beginning where I would be giving criticism like, well, why'd you do it that way? I, I don't agree with that at all. You shouldn't let him do that. You shouldn't let her have that app. Now it's more, hey, I realize I'm not the biological parent here and I realize I don't have kids of my own, but from my perspective, here's what I see. And I've seen other parents approach this problem this way before. So instead of approaching my husband with a hard, I don't agree with this, we would talk about it and I would come at it from a place that I'm, I'm seeking to understand. I'm not seeking to criticize you as a parent because I think that's what oftentimes causes that defensiveness. Nobody likes criticism and nobody likes harsh feedback. So if you come in guns blazing saying you're wrong or you disagree with that, anybody, parent or not, would be defensive with that approach. So I think trying to seek to understand why are you doing this this way? Can you help me understand? I'm trying to learn. I recognize that I'm not the biological parent here. That can be a really great way to disarm someone and to break down the automatic walls of defense that go up if you do do have input that you'd like to give and you feel like that person has always been defensive when you've given it in the past. Yeah. Another thing that I have done when I'm in this situation with my husband, when I know that he has a differing opinion than I do on something is I will start the conversation by saying, I just want to talk about this. You know, keep in mind, I'm just trying to help and I want to gauge your thoughts on this, what you want my level of involvement to be, how I can help and, you know, try to angle it from that perspective. So if it had to do with the kids lacking from an education standpoint, I would say something along the lines of, you know, I'm just trying to help. I want to make sure the kids have the best possible setup for making sure they have all the tools they need for their education or making sure that they are getting their assignments done. I completely understand it's up to you and your ex-wife how that goes. But if if you would like for me to try to help or to try to manage that, I want to make sure that I'm not overstepping. And I think that's a good way to get the conversation going so you can understand kind of what's in their head. And if he's saying um, that he's always going to be that way, then, well, you may always be that way, but would you like me to try to step in and take care of something that you're having a hard time dealing with? Yeah, there's a fine line. I mean, I, I've had this conversation with a couple of stepmoms before and some of the feedback that I get from some of my more hard-headed stepmom friends is, well, I'm in this relationship and I automatically have an opinion and he should want to hear my opinion. I shouldn't have to tiptoe around that or walk on eggshells. And hmm, yes, you're right to some extent. However, if you are on a level playing field with your partner and if you have true mutual respect, that's the way that you would want either of you to approach a conversation with any disagreement related to parenting or not. You never want to go into a disagreement in a marriage saying, I don't agree with this. You're wrong. That's not going to elicit any sort of productive response from anyone. So it's not about walking on eggshells or trying to tiptoe around anything. It's about mutual respect. And if you're not getting mutual respect, you have to really, like I said before, consider whether or not this is the right long-term relationship for yourself. Completely agree. All right. So our last segment is bio mom boundaries. And for me, this one's pretty easy because I have no direct communication with bio mom. So the boundaries that I've set are hard and fast, and they are just that we do not communicate directly via phone, via text, via email, nothing. And I think it's better that way. All communication goes through my husband. 
when we are together in person, which in our last episode, we talked about boundary setting on birthdays and special events and whatnot. And we communicate on an as needed basis. And we're not trying to be overly friendly towards each other, but we're trying to just make sure that it's not super awkward for the kids. So from a bio mom perspective, those are my boundaries. We <laughs> This is hard and fast, hard line, do not communicate. And I personally think it's better that way. I'm not in a relationship with her. And while I would love to be able to get advice from her and share stories and have a great relationship where we just don't have that. And I have come to terms with that and I am at peace with it. And I'm, I'm happier that way. What about you? Completely agree. Again, it's easier for me because there's such conflict and I know you and your husband don't have the same level of conflict that we do with court stuff. And so I really prefer to be that way. No communication, this, that, and the other. Sometimes that's really hard for me though, as far as when things are being said about me and my name's being drugged through the mud and I'm forced into these scenarios where I have to, basically my character is in question and I've got to defend myself. And it's interesting because when I have conversations with my mom about it, she gets so mad. She goes on mama bear like she should. And even though I'm an adult, it's hard for me not to feed into that when other people say, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? Or, you know, how are you handling someone who says such negative stuff about you or tries to limit anything that I do online? So I think it, it affects all aspects of my life being a stepmom. And I have to, like you said previously, walk on eggshells with the things that I do, not with my partner, but with his ex-wife, who I'm not in a relationship with, but just, you know, he happened to be in a relationship with her previously. So, and I can add to that. So there, it's funny, I say I had no direct communication with my husband's ex-wife. And while that is mostly true, there was one time it was early on when we started dating and the kids had just gotten to additional black belts through karate. I'd mentioned karate before. And there is this black belt dinner that everyone who earned a black belt, so it was my husband and the two kids, everyone gets to go to this fancy dinner, you dress up. And that was the first time that his ex-wife and I with the kids were in the same room in person together. And the kids grew up in this gym and they knew all the families and the families knew that they were divorced and they knew that they were dating me. I took classes there at one point and we were probably the scandal of the black belt dinner. But I tell you, I have never felt more alienated in my life than I did at that dinner. She was sitting at a table a couple away from us. And I could see her going around to everybody at that dinner, whispering, people were pointing at me, people were clearly cracking jokes at my expense. And I was furious. I sobbed that night afterwards. And probably after a couple of glasses of wine too many, I did end up writing her an email. And I said, I was really disappointed by the way that you acted tonight. And I really hope that in the future, we can be more respectful towards each other for the sake of your kids. And she never responded, but my husband got an earful from her about the fact that I had sent her that email and she didn't even know how I could have possibly gotten her email address, which anybody who's anyone can just take a random guess at what it would be. It wasn't hard to figure out. And she was furious. And therefore, my husband was furious at me because I did not tell him that I sent said email. So that was the first time and the last time that I ever did anything like that. And I will say it felt good to get those thoughts out there and to sort of set a boundary for myself where I will not be bullied. And 
and I see what you did and I see what you were doing and I'm not cool with it. However, I most definitely did betray a little bit of trust between my husband and I and felt like a total asshole for it. So that was the last time I ever did anything like that. But thankfully, we haven't had any nasty scenarios since then. You bring up a really interesting point. And I think that it's not something that's talked about a lot. So it wasn't at the forefront of my mind in any really stepmom community that I'm a part of, but handling events and things where there's her friends or our friends. And if the dynamic between friends changes over time, you have a certain trust level with your friends and and you will tell them certain things. And there have been times where we have been out at events that my husband's ex-wife wouldn't be at, but people that she was formerly friends would be at and want to dish all of this drama of things that we know. And, oh my gosh, we can't believe you're dealing with this or how could you deal with this or blah, blah, blah. And the first time that happened to me, I was so taken aback and did not know like, oh my God, okay, not only am I the stepmom, the younger stepmom, there's already this stigma. So how I respond to this conversation is going to say a lot about me to this person. Things like that, that I, you can't in a million years think that you're going to have to deal with. But once it hits you smack in the face, you're like, what the hell do I say? What do I do? And, you know, there have been times where people that, that she was formerly friends with, have come up to me at social events and said things and then they're friends again. So you, I've got to be cognizant of that if I talk bad about her, which I would never do to people that she's friends with. I don't trust those folks. They're not my people. And when a divorce happens, sometimes my husband was friends with those people and they went to her and became friends with her because she was close with the wife or, you know, whatever that looks like. So I don't know. Have you navigated any of that? Yeah. My husband actually, he jokes about this, but it's true. He says all the time, yo, yeah, I lost those friends in the divorce because there were a lot of friends that they had mutually that when they did ultimately get divorced ended up siding with her or choosing her as the ultimate friendship and they completely alienated my husband and a lot of those people were at that dinner that I mentioned and we've surely encountered a number of them throughout graduation parties and birthdays and you know run-ins because we all live in a small-ish neighborhood and I have the same approach I just make sure that no matter who I'm talking to, I never give them any reason to say anything bad about me. I'm not going to badmouth their mom. I'm not going to engage in any sort of he said, she said gossip. I'm just going to be who I am. I'm going to be friendly. I'm going to be cordial and keep it very surface level. And that's what I have to do to protect myself. I keep my friend circle very small on purpose. And for the most part, I mean, I'm not really open and vulnerable with anybody except for my very close friends and apparently everybody that listens to this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) But I just don't want to give those people any reason to form an opinion about me other than what she tells them, which is just third party opinion anyways at that point. And it's taken a lot of growing up for me to not let that bother me. But I just tell myself it's not worth it. I have better things to spend my energy on than worrying about what she's saying to her friends, which you had said earlier. I mean, it says more about the person doing the gossiping than it does about the person being gossiped. So pick your battles there too. Yeah. You don't need to be friends with everyone. Just let that one go. 
Agreed. I think we've covered a lot of stuff and this has been great. Yes. Thanks for everyone that, that submitted questions. We'll get back to you guys on stuff that flows into other episodes that we do in the future on social media or our, our stepmonster podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And again, if you like what you heard today or in other episodes, you can always support us by subscribing on whatever platform that you're listening to us on, sending us a voice message with any comments, questions, or feedback on this episode or through a monthly donation through Anchor. And lastly, by following us on Instagram at stepmonster podcast. We love hearing from all of you. Talk to you soon.